to explore new ideas, to seek out new thoughts and new opinions, to boldly opine where no millennials have opined before. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast. Make it so. Welcome back to the Next Next Generation Podcast. I'm Catherine. And I'm Charles. Today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 16, Too Short a Season. What did you think about this episode? Meh. Just meh. It wasn't particularly compelling anyway. Kind of a simple idea. And the real flaw was the actor who played Admiral Jameson just wasn't convincing as an old man. Mm. And the entire episode revolved around that. I felt like he was overacting the old man-isms. I know, I know, he was acting through prosthetics, and that's very difficult to do. A lot of actors have a lot of trouble when you have that much on your face. I get that. Mm -hmm. But that being said, when he's using his old man voice, and it's just not convincing, (laughs) he tries, and he pants and struts his hour on stage and is heard no more. It just doesn't work for me. By the end of the episode, it turned out he was so young. I know. How could they have expected him to play an 85-year-old when he was, what, 25? 20, 25, yeah. Yeah, he was really young. There was no way he would have the gravitas of such an old man. I've seen some successful performances where people are like 50 and they make them up to be 20 years older, say. Mm -hmm. But it was just too much to ask. Too big of a gap. He had no idea how to physically act like such an old man. That's very difficult to do. It really is. As well. Yeah. For example, the scene where he's talking with his wife in their quarters, he moves from his wheelchair to a chair, and he does it so swiftly, and strength of youth being shown. And it should have been more shaky and difficult for him to maneuver the way he did. And that's an example of him failing to do just that, embody the physicality of an 85-year-old. By the end of the episode, when you realize what they're doing, or I guess before, really by the end, when you see they're going all the way back to 20-something Admiral Jameson, I think they should have hired multiple actors. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. They were going 10 or 15 years at a time, or maybe even more. They could have easily hired physically similar actors without it really being that obvious, because it was such a big age gap each time. And it might have been less glaring than watching that guy in old age makeup. Having an actress of a similar age playing his wife really showed the shortcoming of the prosthetics. From the first moment you see him on the screen, it's quite jarring. And I've seen other prosthetics in other movies that were having an aging effect on the actor, and they look much more convincing. It's unfortunate that we didn't get something better than that. Michael Dorn with the wharf makeup looks great week after week. But with this, they really dropped the ball, I felt. To be fair, they're making him up to look like something that doesn't actually exist. Mm. I would actually point to Data's makeup as being a more subtle transformation, more similar to aging someone. Good point. Yeah, but I think their makeup is not movie-level quality, and so such a huge transformation was just too much. It didn't allow you to suspend your disbelief. It really was just a combination of the makeup and the acting just not selling it. I agree. (laughs) And by the end, we see he wasn't even a bad actor. When he was in his 20s and dying, his performance was perfectly fine. Hmm. 
Yeah, I even thought he pulled off the 40s, 45-year-old makeup. Well, that was a realistic age range to expect him to play through. I think they even missed an opportunity they could have had with multiple actors. They could have gone even farther where his final transformation was really young when he's dying on the planet. You mean like a seven-year-old? Yeah. Having him say all those dramatic lines where he references all their feuding and warmongering from 45 years ago would have been so dramatic coming out of a seven-year-old's mouth. I agree. A real missed opportunity there. But that was basically just the whole episode. Just him getting younger and all the drama around that. All his selfish choices. This is only episode 16. We haven't gotten to spend that much time with these characters yet. Like, for example, Worf. We hardly know anything about him at all. We don't really even know he's going to be an important character at this point in the show. We only know that looking back, having watched all the show. And then we're dedicating an entire episode to some rando who dies. I did not appreciate that. I don't care about this guy. Yeah, I can see that. He was unpleasant. He's not even fun. At least, like, Loxana was fun. And even then, the whole episode wasn't about her. She was just one aspect of it. This guy is a drag and a really mean and selfish person. Would you say he's a jerk? Yeah, a jerk. Got it. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to spend my whole Star Trek time watching him. No, he pushes around Picard. He acts all arrogant. He's mean to his wife. (sighs) Tough episode to get through. Very. Not going to lie. So throughout this episode, we see him being very derisive towards Picard and the other crew members. We see him always putting down Picard into his place, asserting his position as admiral, trying to take charge of everything, including the ship and the away team. Later on, he makes some very questionable decisions on that away mission. And we just see his arrogance. Once again, pride coming up as a theme. He kind of has all the potential bad qualities of an older person being stubborn, being stuck in his ways and a little bit entitled, combined with some of the common bad qualities of younger people, like being reckless and arrogant. Not a good combination, really a potential for disaster. And he's sucking them all into this and putting all their lives on the line for something that shouldn't even be happening in the first place. Something that he started to begin with. Yeah. So anyway, the episode begins with the Enterprise in orbit around Persephone 5, which I wrote down, but turned out to be completely inconsequential to the plot. Good note-taking nonetheless. Thank you. But that is where they are. They are going to be conferring this Admiral Mark Jameson. Good job, like the whiskey. Yes, that's how I remember. They're going to be conferring this Admiral Mark Jameson to handle a diplomatic issue that has arisen on Morden 4. Their governor, Karnas, has asked for Admiral Jameson specifically. Apparently, Ambassador Hawkins and his staff have been taken hostage by terrorists. We know that, but we don't know why Karnas has specifically asked for the Admiral. We just know that he says Admiral Jameson is the only person that can help. Now, the reason why Karnas is specifically requesting Jameson is that Jameson was on more than four, 45 years earlier, and had negotiated in a very similar situation. But that seems a little thin. That's why I say we don't really know why. I agree. It seems like there has to be more to it. 
And of course there is. Hey, it's Star Trek. Is that your new catchphrase? Hey, it's Star Trek. (laughs) The Admiral and his wife, Anne, beam aboard the ship. They're met by Riker and Picard. The Admiral tells them right away, in no uncertain terms, that Picard will remain in charge of the ship, but he, the Admiral, will have complete control of the away team and the mission. And Riker and Picard seem really concerned about that immediately. As they should. This outsider's coming in and is going to be handling and giving orders to important personnel that are part of the crew. They don't know who he is, what sort of decisions he's going to make. The more they see of him, the more they realize how flawed he really is. Well, you're right. His character is really flawed. But at this point, I think they're mostly just worried because he's old. They're not sure he's still up to this kind of task. He should really be retired. I agree. But their distrust of him just for being old is exactly the kind of thing that has spurred him on to take those drugs to make him younger. He doesn't like people questioning him and feeling like he's not competent anymore. He's not the man he used to be. He thinks that getting younger will fix that. I don't think anyone likes being questioned or made to feel like they're obsolete. That's why you're supposed to be retired at that age, though. You can just rest on your laurels, enjoy the fruits of your labors. And let younger people worry about stuff and do all the hard things. You can just relax. Like I said, in some ways, he seems to have the worst qualities of an octogenarian. (laughs) But at the same time, he hasn't achieved any wisdom at all in his long life. Yeah, he's very self-centered and selfish. So they're on the bridge having a video chat with Karnas. Karnas is a jerk to Admiral Jameson right away. And then Jameson is just a jerk back. There seems to be a lot of tension between them, which makes you wonder why Karnas requested him for this mission. I thought the same thing. I think we're supposed to wonder about him at this point, especially because Troy is just staring at Admiral Jameson the entire time, looking extremely suspicious of him and his motives. That was amazing. It was so nice to see Troy back. I missed her in the last episode. I really wanted to see how she reacted to that whole Binars situation. But in this episode, she is on point. She's really pretty aggressive with him after they get off the phone with Karnas. Yes, she is. She really pushes him and doesn't let him bully her into silence. I think that Troy sensed something during Karnas and Jameson's exchange. I think she might have sensed within Jameson some sort of guilt or hatred. Something triggered her to react the way she did. This all leads to some personal growth on her part where she takes action. So Troy says Karnas won't be willing to give the terrorists weapons. She kind of surmises that. But she pushes the Admiral to admit that the Federation might be willing to do that. That all ends up being nothing though. It's kind of a red herring for the revenge plot that Admiral Jameson knows is going on, at least to some extent at this point. So it's kind of interesting to see her be so on point in this episode, so forceful, but to no end. Because the situation is so obscured, she can't figure out what's going on just based on reading people's emotions. I'm just proud of her for trying. Me too. It was nice. I just wish she had been there more throughout the episode. Yeah, she kind of fell off on the end there, didn't she? Yeah, although she was helping his wife. That's true. Anne and Admiral Jameson are in their stateroom on the Enterprise. She's talking about how nice it is that the families can be on the Enterprise with the crew members. 
and how she wishes she had that when the Admiral was a captain. Yeah, I feel bad for her. Yeah, she's a very sympathetic character, unlike the Admiral. It's just too bad that they couldn't be together. They missed so many crucial years when they were younger. It all didn't just work out. She's just glad they can have some time together finally. She seems like a really nice person who cares about him a lot. She's been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to be done his career. And now he should be done, but he's getting sucked back into it. And she's just doing her best to put a brave face on it. Then he has what seems to be a heart attack-like episode, but tells her not to worry about it. That was a very telling moment for his character. He's not confiding in his wife. Yeah, this is the first time we see he is holding a lot back from her. It's also our first indication that there's something more going on with his health than just normal 85-year-old problems. Well, we've already mentioned that we've had a few issues with his acting and acting choices while he was playing an 85-year-old. I thought that, in contrast, she was really great, conveyed a lot of warmth of personality. You could really see that she cared a lot about him, and whenever she was on screen, it really sold it for me. I really like seeing someone playing an age that they are, rather than, of course, prosthetics. Again, like we said earlier, having three different actors play three different ages, you know, it would have made the whole thing much more compelling. The actor ended up being a really handsome man when he was young, but honestly, he was just a brown-haired, blue-eyed white guy, pretty generic. They could have easily found people of every age that would have looked convincing put together as one character. I think they've done that in other movies before, and it's worked just fine. Yeah. I would have even taken people who didn't look alike, actors who were not similar, and it still would have been a better episode overall. She was great, but unfortunately, that just highlighted how unconvincing he really was as an old man. With this couple, the show is trying to explore a little bit of a marriage at this age. They've been married for decades. She didn't know him as well as she thought. He's been lying to her about the treatment, we find out. He just went ahead and made a drastic decision. She says... You don't care about what I want. You always just do what you want to do no matter what. He's showing a bit of impulsiveness and recklessness that we've even seen in Riker. Yeah, I agree. They are similar characters, him and Riker, but he's 85 and he's never grown out of this. She must be so fed up with it by now after putting up with it for decades. I know you would be. I would be. I wouldn't deal with it anymore. Too much. Too much. She thought she could trust him, but he's been lying to her. And even though he kind of tried to do the noble thing by getting her a dose too, he just takes her dose. So how much does he really care? I mean, he's already wrecked their retirement. She says later, he's got his life to live again. What about me? They've been married all this time and he hasn't learned anything about relationships and how to treat her as a person and think about other people. And perhaps he's been a little bit enabled by her being too nice and understanding. She's too kind. Yeah. That even seems to happen in real life. People are attracted to others based on their own perceived needs and the ability of the other person to take care of those needs. She might have seen her role as someone to be nurturing and take care of her partner. And this has led, through his own selfishness, a cycle where he's doing all the taking and she's doing all the giving. Unfortunately, he was gone all the time, 40 years of career service, and she didn't get a lot of attention. 
and it's very clear that they're not good at communicating within their relationship. So Admiral Jameson has Iverson's disease. In addition to being 85, Beverly is really suspicious. He starts getting younger and getting up out of his wheelchair, and she is not having it. Well, she's a researcher. Yes. And as a doctor, she knows that there is no cure, and she says this many times, for Iverson's disease. What is going on here? It's impossible for him to be getting better with their current level of medical technology. We find out that this planet he went to on a diplomatic venture has kind of a cure for many things. I believe it's called Cerebus 2. Their cure can fix your problems and de-age you, but everyone takes it differently, so it's really risky. It could kill you. You don't know what's going to happen until you start doing the treatment. Yikes. I actually really liked that, that it wasn't just a perfect cure-all. I mean, messing with genetic coding is dangerous and very unpredictable. And they bear that out in this episode. They really do, which was great to see. He took two doses, full doses, not a little bit at a time, the way he was supposed to, stretching it out. Very bad decision on his part. He feels like he needs to be younger for this diplomatic mission, downs both the bottles, and the rest is history. He had been improving in small ways. That's what inspired him, I think, partly to take all the medication because he was like, this is working, more must be better. You're only supposed to take one dose over two years and even then it could kill you or give you other issues. Oh my. I think it's uncharacteristically reckless for an 85-year-old to be acting the way he did. I agree. I think there was an aspect of he was dying and had nothing else to lose. Right. Ultimately, they just didn't sell it to me that he would want to do this. They just jumped to him doing it. They never showed him making that decision. It's all telling us, not showing us. And there's no emotional or intellectual struggle on his part. There's no guilt. He's very one-dimensional and unsympathetic as a character. He didn't want to explain himself to anyone. I know that's part of his personality, but we as the audience need to see a little bit more, I think, to Mm -hmm. sympathize or at least understand where he's coming from. Yeah. It might have been more convincing if he were a little younger. In his 50s, say, he'd still be old enough to be an admiral. And then he finds out he has this crippling disease, Iverson's disease. Mm. And that would make him more desperate for a cure at that age. I like that. He has a number of prime years left in his life. He wants to have one last hurrah before he retires. It just feels more natural for someone in that part of their life to want to salvage their health and youth. So Admiral Jameson is getting younger. They're getting ever closer to Mordan. And then he has a secure conversation with Karnas, and that's where we find out what's going on. There was a lot of tribal warfare on Mordan. And Admiral Jameson, representing the Federation, met with Karnas and gave him the weapons he wanted. But then Jameson went and gave the other factions the same weapons so they'd be evenly matched. Ooh. Which plunged the whole planet into 40 years of civil war that they've only recovered from in the last five years. And this whole hostage situation has just been manufactured by Karnas to get Jameson back to the planet and get his revenge on Jameson. That's it. It's a very basic plot. Predictable. Very basic. But when he started getting younger, 
I kept wondering why they didn't tell someone at Starfleet or higher up in the Federation government what was going on. They could have said, we don't know what's happening with him. He's probably unfit for the mission now. Oh, yeah. Someone taking these unknown, dramatically life-altering drugs when they're supposed to be an admiral and a diplomat on a mission is kind of a problem. It compromises the mission. It really does. That is a plot hole, isn't it? The Enterprise could have contacted the Federation at any point. They could have contacted one of the local starbases, say Starbase 74. I really agree that they should have alerted the higher echelons of Starfleet. I mean, it's a great recourse for Picard to deal with the derision he's been receiving and the instability that he's witnessing with this Admiral. The Admiral is such a problem, and they actually have a legitimate reason to try to get rid of him. Why wouldn't they want to do that? I think this is a product of the writers having a clear end scene in mind and they're working towards it and they don't consider all the possibilities when you have almost instant or slightly delayed communication with your home planet. It can cause a lot of issues with plots. Even Beverly could have taken him out of commission. Oh yeah. She has the authority. He's taking drugs of unknown effect, even if they're not specifically banned. She has the dirt on him. And she does nothing. And why not? She hates the situation. She's really suspicious of him and doesn't like what he's doing. She should jump at the opportunity to do her Dr. Powers and get rid of him. Get him off the bridge. We've seen her willing to order Picard to his bed when he was sick in Angel 1. We know she's willing to go to that length if necessary. Oh, how cool would it have been to have Beverly sneak off, talk to one of the Starfleet people... Report on what's going on. She could have taken it upon herself to fix it. And then it could have been too late. And he still could have managed to get on the planet, but it would also address why didn't they contact the Federation. Because they did, they just couldn't do anything. Perfect. Plot fixed. Done. Our work here is done. Ding! (laughs) Admiral Jameson's brilliant plan is to beam into the tunnels under the capital city on Mordan to rescue the hostages. He is convinced that he knows where they are. This is some real old guy stuff now. He thinks that Karnas will do everything the exact same way that he did it 45 years ago and that the tunnels will be exactly the same as they were. When they get down there, Data tells him, oh, the tunnels have changed. He has the updated map and Jameson says... There's no way that's possible. In 45 years, it's not possible that they reconstructed the tunnels in any way. Not at all. Nope. No chance. It was really disturbing to me to see someone as unstable as Jameson taking some of their best people off the ship on his away mission. It was way too risky, and I had no confidence in him. I thought so, too. Who did he take? Yar. Data. Worf. Jordy. And Picard. Well, Picard was like, this is terrible. I'm going with you at the very last minute. I have responsibility to these people. I liked how Picard sort of pushed Riker aside and said, I'm doing this. Deal with it. Riker in the past does not want the captain going on away missions. He feels it's his responsibility to keep Picard safe. Mm -hmm. That's his duty. Keep the captain where he belongs on the bridge. The situation was so dire that Picard... Noticing what's going on, had really little choice but to go on it himself. It's just really scary that someone like Admiral Jameson, especially in his condition, 
but even just based on his personality, could just barge onto your ship, start running things, and risking the lives of your top officers. Well, he is an admiral after all. As this show goes on, we see that admirals are usually trouble. The display of people we see being admirals really puts Starfleet into question on how competent they are in choosing their most important people. That may just be the admirals we see. I mean, because it's true, Starfleet is obviously working okay. But yeah, they are not fun. They are trouble. They are trouble for your ship. Indeed. Is that like your boss doesn't understand your job? Yeah, when your boss tries to interfere with the day-to-day operations, they do it wrong. That's the trope. But on Star Trek, it's just so high stakes when they meddle. People's lives are on the line. It makes it frightening. Here I was thinking we're having a fun sci-fi adventure. Nope, it's dystopian. Yeah. They end up fighting some people on the planet while they're in the tunnels. That was so cool! The Mordan people's phasers are set to kill. Those red lasers. And they make a different noise. Zap. <laughs> the Admiral almost gets shot. Doesn't Worf jump over and covers him? Yeah. And then they beam back up. Once again, Picard has to step in, take command, and call in for that beam up. Now, this incident seems to be the final straw that traumatizes the Admiral's body past the point where he can recover. But he insists anyway that he has to go to the planet and Picard and Beverly go with him. Also, at this point, he's very young, although not as young as we wanted. He's doing terrible physically, sweating, shaking, looking very pained. This is when his acting is pretty good. I really like this scene. Some great tension and drama here. The old feud between Karnas and Jameson. He doesn't believe it's Jameson at first. Picard shows the still images of the previous camera angles we already got to see in the episode. The transformation of the Admiral. We forgot to mention this, but earlier, Jameson does admit to Picard what he had done on Mordan 45 years ago with the weapons. That's when Picard finds out that Jameson falsified the records of what he did on Mordan as a diplomat. Picard takes it really in stride, though. He reminds Jameson it's not really his fault that millions died and the war lasted so long. Those people chose to keep fighting that whole time. Jameson says he was the one who lit the match, so that puts all the responsibility on him, while Picard thinks everyone has responsibility for their own actions and choices. Nice to see the difference in ideology. And that leads back to the final scene that we were just talking about. Jameson is so incapacitated with his physical problems that Picard is the one who ends up talking to Karnas, telling him basically the same thing. Why didn't you stop fighting? You had the choice all those years you could have stopped fighting because Karnas is acting like it's all Jameson's responsibility. Just like Jameson says, they have the same kind of outlook on life and is being very dramatic about all their dead and all their young people who have died before their time, and Picard is just not having it. No, he's not. No. Here again, Picard is showing his brilliance as a diplomat. He's a much better diplomat than Admiral Jameson. Jameson ends up dying right there on the planet in front of Karnas. They bring his wife down so they can exchange their final words. That seems a little cringy. 
A little cringy. Yeah, maybe that's why they didn't go all the way to boyhood with Jameson. Because they had to do the death scene. After he died, though, it was really cool. Because they had him on the floor and his wife and all the Enterprise people clustered around him dramatically. And off on the other side, in a different shot, is Karnas, the villain, having some repentance for what he's done and planning to change his course of action. It was very theatrical, very much the end of a classic Greek or Shakespearean tragedy. Karnas is changing his mind, but meanwhile, the hero in the analogy, in this case Jameson, is still dead and nothing can change that. Hashtag not my hero. (laughs) Incidentally, I really liked the uniform that Karnas and his people were wearing. Oh yeah, that was really cool. It almost looked like camo. It looked like what military regimes or dictatorships wear as uniforms on Earth in our time. They changed it a little bit to make it look spacey, but it really called that to mind. It was cool costuming. Overall, this episode was okay. Truth be told, I was most disappointed in the lack of good data lines. We don't even have a data of the day today because he didn't really say anything most of the episode. A few technical babble stuff and that's it. Ugh, need my data. It was nice to see Picard in action in this episode, taking command, making good, wise decisions, being an awesome diplomat at the end of the episode. So awesome to see Worf in combat, saving the Admiral's life. Got to see a little bit of development for him as a warrior. I was disappointed, like we said numerous times, with the acting of the actor who played Jameson. A few bad lines sprinkled throughout, some convenient plot points, some plot holes. So in the end, I feel like I need to give this episode 5 out of 10 octogenarians. I didn't like this episode, especially after the great episodes we've been getting. They had really reached some high peaks with their storytelling. This felt a little bit like a slide back to some of the first episodes. The plot was pretty threadbare, really. And then it was all hung on this actor. It was his story. It wasn't a story of someone on the ship, and he didn't pull it off. And that kind of means the whole thing was a failure. The actor that played Karnas was so much better. He would have been a more interesting main character as well. But like I mentioned also, I really just did not appreciate that they dedicated an entire episode to some random person when there's so many people on the ship that we care about and are interesting and want to see more of. So there were some good things about it. I wouldn't say it was a total failure in every aspect. But it was pretty close because the main thing that was attempted in this episode was not a success. I would give this episode 3.5 out of 10 subspace messages. This has been Season 1, Episode 16, Too Short a Season. Too long an episode. (laughs) No, too short a season. Oh. (laughs) That's what he thought about his life. But it ended up really being his time with his wife and his retirement was too short a season. I agree. He did that to himself. Classic tragic figure. Thank you so much for listening. This is the next Next Generation podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Add us at the next next gen.